1: time for 49ers rush podcast
2: and here's your host John Chapman.
1: What is going on, Faithful? Welcome to the 49ers Rush podcast. It is great to be with you guys today, even though it is not a victory Monday. Our first non victory Monday of the 2023 season stings a little bit. But there was some silver linings. Um, Today's show is going to be a lot of fun. We're going to dive into grades um, in the 49ers' loss to the Browns' offense, defense, some things that stood out statistically, analytically that I thought were interesting. Doing a deep dive into Kyle Shanahan play calling in in the fourth quarter when it's only a one-score game. Um, we're going to talk about that. Shout out to my man, Yatsik. We've got Clayton behind the scenes. We're going to get to your questions. And a little bit more therapy just with the whole idea. I'm not the biggest blame guy. I don't want to be the biggest blame guy. That's not really what I'm about or really what I care about. However, you know, the poll question today is... Who are you most frustrated with after the loss? And I can only do four options. I think probably five, six, or seven options would have been best. Uh, The options I put up there, Purdy, Shanahan, Ayuk, injuries. Where is your frustration? Probably need a kicker category up there, too, with Jake Moody. Um, We'll talk a little bit more about that. But I love all the hashtag CCs coming out swinging. Doing your thing. What's up, guys? Appreciate all of you guys being in here. The countdown crew doing everything you can. It's it's about building the community. That's what it's about. Now, with the frustration, and I think the the lot teams lose, and I've, I've been saying nonstop. Niners going to lose a game. They're they're not going to go seventeen and zero. And that w- and win the Super Bowl. That just does not exist in today's world. You know it's not what happens in the NFL any longer. That that does not happen. It's too, there's 32 teams. There's way too much parity and playing on the road in bad weather and injuries. And sometimes I keep saying this, sometimes the ball doesn't bounce your way. It's just the way it goes. Or sometimes the ref don't throw the flags your way which they were terrible too. I probably should have put the refs up there. Uh, that, that would probably would have got the most votes. And we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, we do have clips from the press conference. We'll share some of those just on, you know, how everything kind of fits in Shanahan. We've got clips from uh, Bosa, Trent Williams, Brock Purdy uh, and Fred Warner. We, we, we got all those things and we're going to be talking about those. So uh, if you got questions, let us know. If you want to dive into something, that's totally cool too. Now, let me just say this, because I keep seeing people talk about the defense, and we always start offense. We always do. I want to talk about the defense. Not to put blame on them, because I I don't think that that's the case. I'm going to start with this clip from Kyle Shanahan, because I think it is key to understanding where we are. The defense is the only reason why why the 49ers even had an opportunity to win the game. No,
2: they're the reason we had a chance. I mean, getting that turnover at the end um, with Demo, um, getting us, have it, helping us win the turnover battle. Um, they're the reasons that we were in it at the end and had a chance to win. Um, but I also still think that they can do better than that too, giving up over 300 yards to there and um, not finishing it there at the end. Um, but they were the side of the ball that gave us a chance
1: today. 49ers lost two out of three phases of the game. Special teams you lost, you had two missed. Field goals, you make either one of those, you win the game. Punt team was awesome. But the Gunners, two penalties, like just not good. And so you can't miss two kicks. You lost special teams. Offense, you lost big time. You just lost that one. Literally 200 total yards just past that. Um, you went, I think it was five straight possessions without a first down. You lost that. You lost it. No doubt about that. And you can talk about the rain, you talk about injuries, whatever. I don't care. Defensively did their job. You were up, you had two forced turnovers to their one. You 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 did everything that you needed to do. Doesn't mean the defense was flawless because it wasn't. Defense had some issues as well. That's there. Uh, David Lombardi just put this out there. You know, missed tackles by game. Okay? Week one, seven. Week two, eight. Week three, three missed tackles. Week four, four missed tackles. Last week against Dallas, two missed tackles. This week against Cleveland, 18. 18 missed tackles. That's huge. And it's a lot of guys. Uh, Hufunga, um, I'm sorry, wrong one. Uh, Demo had three missed tackles. He's one of the best tackling uh, corners in the NFL. That's huge. Fred Warner had two. Oliver won. Burks won. DFF won. Cleveland Farrell won. Gibson won. That Gibson missed tackle was huge late in the game. Like, that's huge. That is just absolutely huge. Now... Dre Greenlaw not being out there changed the game. It changed the tone. It changed everything. You're getting him back. So if you're one of those guys that's like, man, the defense played bad, I don't think it did. It's hard being a defense when the team offensively is just continuing to turn the ball over or not do anything with it. Three plays, you're back out there. Three plays, you're back out there. Three plays, you're back out there. When you get a turnover like Fred Warner did, and you return it to the 26 yard line and the offense loses yards on the drive and gets zero points that is demoralizing it just sucks the wind out of yourselves but the 49ers defense did not crack at that point they stayed true yeah they gave up a couple drives and were they was it their best game no it wasn't if we look at the individual effort as far as just player grades go, Fred Warner, 81.1, number one graded player defensively. DFF got 19 snaps. Uh, he was second. Cleveland Farrell, who I said in the postgame show, definitely flashed for the first time. 74.1, uh, Demos, 73.1, Nick Bosa. That's your top five. Worst rated player, Oren Burks. I'm Team Oren Burks. I was hoping he would elevate his play as he stepped up and got, you know, he played all 76 snaps of the defense. There's 76 total snaps. He played all 76. He got a 41.9 grade. He made some positive plays for sure, but the difference between having 5'7 out there and going to Oren Burks changed the game defensively. It changed the entire game plan. We lost our enforcer. We lost the best tackling linebacker in football. And it showed. It showed. Green law is essential. Thank you, Sin. Thank you, Sen. Um, That changes things. So I, I'm not concerned defensively. And, you know, if we want to talk, you know, Randy Gregory finished 8th. He got 26 snaps, three pressures, one sack, two quarterback hits, three solo stops, and 26 snaps. That's incredible. Drake Jackson got 22 snaps, two pressures, one tackle. That... That's where the snaps need to go. I want Drake Jackson was the second lowest rated player uh, for either team, by the way. Um, Terrible. He was terrible. He has been terrible for five consecutive weeks. Uh, Drake Jackson's had one good game. That was week one. He's been terrible since. I would like Drake Jackson to go down to about 10 snaps a game and give all those extra snaps to Randy Gregory moving forward. I think you still stick with Cleveland Farrell starting opposite uh, Bosa for now and then it's it's you know drake jackson back burner until he figures something out because he hasn't figured it out and the film is showing the same damn thing i started the film breakdown this morning um <coughs> excuse me for all the 49ersrush.com people and Patreon subscribers you guys are uh, going to have the very first breakdown loaded as soon as this game's over it's loading on youtube now uh once it's up there once the show ends i'll Disseminate, i'll get that out there to you guys um and you can kind of see it for yourself but yeah 95 ain't it guys I, I don't know how many like trends that dude's not it it's not it. i hope that he changes he's not there he's just not there um and so anyway that's defensively i, I do believe they did everything that they needed to do to to kind of get to where they needed to go um and, you know, I'll say this, too. Let's go to the the captain, Fred Warner. He talked to the team after the game. He gave the locker room speech. And here's what he had to say to the team.
0: Um, You know, I, I said a lot in there. The main thing is that, you know, I think they earned it and we did in this game. That's what it came down to. I would never put it on Moody at the end there to say, you know, it's great that we had an, an opportunity to win that you know, in that fashion, but it just didn't, we didn't earn it. They earned it today. Um, I said that win or loss, I felt like we needed this game. We knew what type of game it was going to be in order for us to be the team that we want to be moving forward. We had to get battle. We need to get battle tested. That's exactly what today was. We learned from it, watch the tape, um, look at it hard internally and and be better from it.
1: That's you. That's the best player. He had the best game of any 49ers player. Like he was the best. There's, there's, I don't think anybody argues with that. And so whatever you get, the guy that played the best of the entire game, and I'd probably say of either side of the ball, he put up another Defensive Player of the Year performance. He was awesome. He was incredible. To come out there and say, you know what? We didn't play our best today. And I think that that affects the way the locker room will respond, right? So like if you have... Your studs out there, like Micah Parsons, right? You, you look at how they're so diametrically opposed. What did Micah Parsons say after they got blown out? Well, I did my job. I'm supposed to set the edge. They're really not that better than, better than us, right? After they got blown out. Now you've got Fred Warner. He's out there saying, mm, we got to get better. We got to get better now. Listen to Bosa, again, echoing the culture that is the 49ers. It's not the sky is falling. It's not woe is me. It's none of those things. It's looking at it in a manner in which you can improve
3: your team. Listen to Bosa. I think it's a learning experience for us. We had not a good idea that it was going to be that type of game, just scrappy till the end. Um, it's an unbelievable defense, um, and we needed to – match their intensity and we we uh, we let up too much so um definitely a learning experience of how teams are going to attack us especially teams who know our scheme because uh, they run this a similar scheme um but yeah i just got to take it as a learning experience i don't think we deserve to win today
1: prize picks is america's number one fantasy sports app with more than 5 million members it's the most fun and exciting way to get in on the action while you watch your favorite sports and players. You just pick more or less on two or more players, and you get a shot to win up to 100 times your cash. It's got quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types that makes prize picks the number one fantasy sports app. I made my first $10 deposit and received an instant $10 bonus. If you have the skills, you play for a shot of turning your $10 all the way into 1000 Here's what's great, too. It's available in over 30 states, including California, Texas, and Georgia. So all you got to do, especially during playoff basketball time, you just pick two players, Anthony Edwards for more or less than 29 points. You got Luca more or less than 32 points. However you see it, you just pick two, and you can get paid. So download the app today and use 49ers for a first deposit match above up to $100. Again, download prize picks today. Use code 49ERS for a first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy.
4: Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.
1: Don't think we deserve to win. Learning experience. You know, you're not blaming the refs. You're not doing any of those things. We're fans. We're going to blame the refs. Refs played a part in it. That's not why you lost, though. Again, I I will never... Nobody ever loses a game because of the refs. Did the refs play a negative impact against the 49ers? Yeah, 100%. Not why you lost. Not why you lost. Not why you lost. Did they make it harder to win the game? Yes, they did. Not why you lost. Do I like refs? I don't. <laughs> I can't stand them. Uh, they're terrible. Um, and they always got to shove their face and be the center of attention, and I hate that. And I hate how there's no recourse against terrible officials. None whatsoever. Um, that bothers the hell out of me too. But that's okay. Not why you lost. If you let the game be decided by the refs, your fault, that's your fault. And so, anyway, anyway, I, I digress, I digress. So, sticking with this idea of preserving a winning culture, a winning mentality, a winning attitude, in the midst of a loss on the road to a lesser team, I think that's kind of... How, how do you do that, right? And, you know, we, we heard from the captain of the defense. We heard from the reigning defensive player of the year. And probably in the offseason, the number one thing I get is how much people dislike Shanahan's attitude, arrogance, all those different things. His failure to learn, his failure to adapt. Just got through talking to my man Rick, who's the best. And he said the same thing. Not that I disagree with him, but... Listen to Kyle Shanahan address what the blame is and where it should fall. And we went against a very good defense to start with. That's why we expected it
2: going in. Um, I thought we had, I thought we did some good things in the first half. We had two opportunities in the first half to get two really big plays um, that I think would have changed a lot of it. And we missed both of them. One getting a penalty on it. So we didn't get to do it. And then we came out in the third quarter, got way behind the chains, whether it was a penalty, a uh, uh a stuffed run. Um, we got in a ton of second alongs, which you tell me we get in that many second alongs. Third alongs are a sad defense. I got a real good idea of how it's going to go. Um, but it wasn't just Brock. It was everybody. Um, everybody had their turn on offense, especially. And uh, it starts with me.
1: It starts with me. Now, that is key. This is something that's new. In the past, you know, Shanahan has been very dismissive about responsibilities. Shanahan has kind of stayed, you know, well, you know, we're calling the plays, whatever else. And not that he puts blame on different people, but him and Jimmy, or him and Jimmy, yeah, that's a couples therapy session that I don't even want to get into. But he wasn't falling on the sword for Jimmy. That was never going to happen. And, you know, just sticking with the poll, who are you most frustrated with after the loss? Shanahan has the highest number of votes, 48%. There's four options. This dude's sitting at half the votes. And I am very frustrated with Shanahan you know, last night we had our Zoom hangout session for all our Jerry Rice tier members. And Yassik, what's up, brother? Um, you know, we were talking. He's the one that kind of gave me this idea. He says, you know, he wants to research the run-to-pass ratio in the fourth quarter games since Shanahan's been here in one lost games. In close games in the fourth quarter, what does Shanahan do? So, John Chapman's crazy self wakes up early. Film wasn't processed yet. So, I dove in. Uh, opened up the play-by-play call logs, and I went through every single game the past two years of the 49ers, play-by-play, offensive play calls. And the whole idea was this, 49ers games that were decided by seven points or less at any point in the fourth quarter, okay? So while the game was within seven points or less, I charted every run and pass play that was called uh, in fourth quarter and overtime, so that Raiders game applied as well. The results were staggering. Uh, and if we just look at the Browns yesterday, one possession game. The 49ers were even up during a lot of this. You called three run plays. You called 13 pass plays. Clayton shaking his head behind the screens. It's that bad. That is terrible. And, you know, I put out there, uh, Sodia. Oh, I love this comment. Sodia, you're the best. Kyle passed the ball when we needed to control the clock. Better, yes, that's terrible. And not trying to get extra play before the field goal ultimately led to us losing. Yes, never be satisfied with a three-point shot, right? Don't do that. Don't be satisfied. You don't need a three to win. You need a two to win. Get it closer. Uh, uh, Scoot up. (laughs) You got a timeout in your pocket. Ah, Anyway, the idea is this. And, you know, Shanahan was awesome, but... He is awesome. I still want him to be our coach. I'm not trying to say Shanahan should be fired. And, yeah, I've gotten those emails and DMs today, and that's crazy to me. You have the best record in the NFL. Calm down. Like, put things into perspective, and that's what we're trying to do here. Was Shanahan awesome yesterday? He was not. He was terrible. He was terrible whenever it mattered. And we've seen this. When it's a one-score game, he gets so pass-happy, even when... The passes or the quarterback is being ineffective, right? We saw it in the Super Bowl, we saw it in the twenty-eight to three comeback with the Falcons. We've seen it over and over and over again. When Shanahan panics in close games in the fourth quarter, he just goes pass happy, which is not his staple. It's not his staple. Three run plays in the fourth quarter, thirteen pass plays. That is just unacceptable. Now, all right, let's let's step back. Instead of just looking at this game, let's look at all the games of 2023, okay? Uh, Now, there's only been two games this year that have been within one possession in the fourth quarter. It was this and the Rams game, the start of the Rams game. Um, And, yeah, I mean, we for that game, we were ahead – by seven points, pretty much the entire time, four points and seven points. Um, then then once we got over seven, I quit counting. Six run plays, five pass plays. So that one's the balance, and you got the win. Now, here, and, and so I charted all these games. I think it was like 12 games that were like this the past two years. And it spans over three quarterbacks. You know, you got the Bears game, or yeah, the, the Bears game last year. With Trey Lance, charted that one. Um, the Jimmy G games, charted those. The Purdy games, charted those. And games the 49ers lost the past two years that were within one possession in the fourth quarter overtime, listen to this. Past plays, 22. These are the games we lost. The Bears last year, Broncos this year, Browns this year, right? Uh, sorry, Bears, Broncos last year, and then Browns last year, all Bs. It's confusing the hell out of me. All Brs, whatever. You threw the ball twenty-two times. You ran the ball four times. That's it. That's it. That's an eighty-five percent pass to run ratio. That's terrible. So in the three games that you lost that were close, four order eighty-five percent pass ratio. Terrible. In the same games that you won. That were one score uh, within one score in the fourth quarter overtime 43 pass attempts, 38 rush attempts. That's a 52% pass ratio. Balanced, balanced. Now, obviously, statistics you can manipulate them. You can say, well, we were probably ahead in some of those, whatever else. We were ahead in this game. And what do we do? Pass, pass, pass. So, like, I really do think that Shanahan's got an issue. I I do. Whatever the going gets tough, he just abandons the running game. And people were saying, oh, well, they stopped the running game. Bullshit. No, they didn't. We averaged. And again, I want to make sure I'm 100% correct here because this is a misnomer. I I don't understand where this is coming from. People thinking they stopped the running game. We had 25 rushes for 108 yards. We averaged 4.3 yards per carry. That's not stopping the run game. 4.3 yards per carry. And people are like, well, CMC was out. Okay, cool. Jordan Mason averaged 5.4 yards per carry. That dude was red hot, red hot. And we just didn't use him, didn't use him. And so that, like, I now should you run the ball up the middle like you were with Elijah Mitchell and he had those two carries and was done? No, don't do that. Running the ball outside, man, we ran four jet sweeps. The fewest amount of yards that any jet sweep got was six yards. That's the fewest. Running outside the tackles was working. They were selling out to stop the inside run. So what do you do? Why don't you run it where they're not selling out outside the tackles? Guess where you scored the touchdown with Jordan Mason? Yes, outside the tackles. Guess where CMC scored his touchdown? I understand that it was a screen play, but it's an elongated run play. That's just what it was, outside the tackles. Go where they're not. Quit running it where they are, where they're blitzing. Joe P, what's up, man? Thank you for the super chat. He said, only frustrated with Shanahan during the four-minute drill. Rule number one, get the timeouts, chew the clock. We didn't either. Yeah, three straight plays. We took off, I think it was 27, 27 seconds. Um, I was furious. I was really, here we go. Horrible clock management at the end of the game. I'm looking at my notes during the game now. Three straight plays that all stopped the clock. 25 seconds off the clock the entire drive. Should have never got the ball back. Should have never got the ball back. One first down would have won the game. Three consecutive plays that all stopped the clock. Mm. And what's crazy about all this, because there is an asterisk hanging over. It doesn't reflect it in the standings, five and one. We had a chance to win the game. Even with the terrible play calling, clock management, all that stuff down late, still had a chance to win the game. Still had a chance to win the game. And it would be wrong of me not to give credit when we were behind late. Brock Purdy throwing the ball, throwing the ball, got all the way down the field to you know kick a field goal. That was awesome. But even in that instance, everybody's still upset because why you get downfield. Third and two, okay, Brock Purdy to Juwan Jennings for nine yards, okay? 45 seconds left, first and 10 at the Cleveland 26-yard line. There's 45 seconds left in the game. Jordan Mason, right guard, three yards. 45 seconds. We still got a timeout. We don't run another play. We spike the ball at the 23, and then we call a timeout with nine seconds, and then we miss a 41-yard field goal. 45 seconds, you ran the ball for three yards right up the middle where they knew the ball was going, didn't matter, and then you just watched the clock burn. And and I think think that's what's rough uh, about it because, yeah, I mean, you've got time to get up there and just run the same play again. All, All you do is just call reload, reload, reload. You run the same damn play, same damn play. They were exhausted. They were running up and down the field. Yeah, you missed a chance there. You could have run three run plays. And I understand the argument. Well, we wanted to make sure on third down, you know, whatever else we could, you know, if it was a bad snap, we could just hold it and then call a timeout. When have you ever seen that happen? I understand the coach speak, and we practiced that drill. You know, I was my first coordinator position was special teams coordinator, then DC, then HC. But we would always practice that. You know, you read coaching books and go to clinics, and you're like, oh, If you get this chance, this is what you do. I've never seen it work. Have you ever seen somebody have a bad snap and then fall on it and then call a timeout and then re-kick it and win the game? Like this situation that is this hypothetical that exists in coaches' heads does not happen in real life. But you know what does happen in real life? Missed 41-yard field goals. A 38-yard field goal is basically an extra point. Make it simple. Put it in the middle. I think it was in the middle of the field. I don't know uh but i mean you could have just made it easier and right here sin clearly they relied on the kicker which they had every expectation to do yeah uh let's let's talk moody positives and negatives and you know i didn't put this in the the poll i probably should have but you know how many people i'm not blaming moody for this was he bad yeah he was real bad the first kick not really on him that's again the offense that was terrible back-to-back negative plays. You were on the 26th after the Fred Warner interception, and you get nothing, back-to-back negative plays, and then, yeah, oh, man, that, that one pisses me off more than anything. And so you missed it. You, you missed the field goal, 54 yards, not on him. The 41-yard field goal's on him. And I don't know if you guys saw the locker room interview. I think it was Tracy Sandler um, who does a good job. Man, he was tore up. Now, I put out there, this does not make me feel more confident in a rookie kicker. And perhaps, you know, some people were upset by what I said. That's okay. I I don't mind upsetting people. That's not the goal. And somebody said something about, like, Bosa was crying after the Super Bowl. You weren't upset. Like, it's different. Yeah, I I get emotionally charged with games whenever I coach and whenever I play. That's just the way that it goes. But as a kicker, you got to be a little different. A kicker that handles pressure, it has shown – Missed several somewhat pressure situations in the preseason. Whenever he was free, whenever they froze him, they called timeout beforehand. They do the same thing here. You know, they call the timeout, and or we froze ourselves, I guess, because we are the ones that called the timeout to stop the clock. Pressure is a big deal to him. I understand his family was there. I understand he missed the game-winning kick, and I want him to be broken up about it. I don't want him to be all Jimmy G smiles and doesn't give a damn if his team wins or loses. I don't like that, but. Kickers got to have goldfish mentality. Kicker's, you you wipe it clean and you move on. This dude looked like he was crying about it, you know, an hour after the game was over. Now, maybe that's just the way he processes things, but I'm saying from a head coach, hey, kicker, you got to let that shit go. You cannot hold on to that. That is going to carry over to your next pressure situation and just adds to the pressure. You, You see what I'm saying? Like, that worried me. Um, which, again, kickers are a whole different breed of humans. And I don't mean this in a negative way. It's mental. It's all mental. It's a golf swing. It's mental, right? Like, it, like that's, that's the difference. It's not reactionary. It's just, it's all upstairs. Jake Moody has all the talent in the world. His only issue, brain bucket head, right? And so the, the over-emotional part to it scares me. I'm just being honest doesn't mean that he's not going to be great. I hope he is great. Did I like the Jake Moody pick? I hated it more than anybody else in the world. I thought it was stupid, and I still think it's stupid, but it doesn't matter. He's on the team, and I want him to be awesome. And he has been awesome up until the first time he had pressure. And the first time he had pressure, laid an egg. That's just what it is. DJ Super, what's up, man? He says, Moody had all his family there talk about pressure. Yeah, it's huge. It's huge, um, and like I want what's best for the kid, but I'm just saying it's a little bit of a red flag that he was not that hung up about it. I want him to be hung up about it, but yeah, you you got to go. It I and I thought about cutting the clip, but I didn't want to because I didn't like it. I didn't like the clip. <laughs> I just I just didn't like it. Um. Right here, Sid says, you know, we need another kicker until he's more acclimated. Man, you spent the highest pick in the past decade, the second highest pick in the past decade on a kicker. You got to roll with this cat. And Robbie Gold's still out there on the couch somewhere. I don't want him. I I don't want that dude. I don't think you carry two kickers. I mean, that just kills the... Robbie Gold ain't coming back for a vet minimum anyway. Yeah, right there, the new, yeah, DB mentality. That's exactly correct. Um, Yeah, and so you take it and you move on. You take it and you move on. And so I hope Jake Moody gets an opportunity. He's going to. There's going to be close games in the NFL, ladies and gents. At some point, you got to answer that call. He's missed one. You know what I mean? Well, he missed the 54-yarder. That's not on him. I really don't put that on him at all. Um, And right here, uh, the team having his back will go a long way. He'll be fine. I love that, Dave. Uh, I, I think that's huge. Um and right here, I think this is the right clip, and I'm sorry if I played the wrong one. Shout out to Juan Salas, he, he crushed it. This is Fred Warner talking about, you know, how he would not put the loss.
0: Absolutely. I mean, he's, he's a young player, man. He's a, he's a rookie, and uh, he's going to have so many other opportunities to, to help us win games. And so, I, I, like I said, I would never put that on him to say that, you know, that we lost this game because of him. I say I always look to myself first to see what I could have did better and defensively as a group. When we give up over 300 yards offense, like I said, that's hard to win in this league.
1: There you go, man. Don't put it on him. The team's not. I love what you said, David. Um, Sean, totally disagree, John. Kicker misses are not okay. Do it again when we need it, and that's two losses because of kickers. Uh, You cut that out ASAP. Yeah, I mean – Kickers suck. And you can go back to, you know, Robbie Gold. I saw this put up. He missed a 40, what did he missed, a 47 yard field goal last year that cost us a game early. And I forget which game it was. I could go back and research it. But like, this is kickers suck, man. <laughs> I, I hate that games are so pivotal to, you know, how this goes. It's, it's, that's the way the NFL is. Now, if we look at, again, I, I'm kind of doing this on the fly here. The highest percentage kicker, where is he at right now? Jake Moody is 21st after missing two. He has an 83.3% kick rate. He's 21st in the NFL. You have six kickers. Well, he hasn't even played that many games, so I want to make sure. Yeah, you got six kickers that haven't missed a kick yet. We don't have a top six kicker. (laughs) I don't think anybody's going to say that. But, yeah, he's 22nd. Uh, that that's not good. That is not good. 41 yards is a chip shot for an NFL kicker. I agree. 37 would have been better though. 37 would have been better. And we missed that opportunity to give that to him. Would he have made it? I don't know. But yeah, I mean, he's sitting there, you know, 83%. What was, okay, here we go. Let's go previous season. Let's play this game. We want to play this game. Where was Robbie gold last year? Robbie Gold was 84.4% on the year, the 20th best kicker. Robbie Gold wanted $5 million and not do kickoffs. So we are, what is that, 1% lower? <laughs> yeah, 84% to 83%. They're the same damn guy. Would Robbie Gold have made that? Yes. Would Robbie Gold have made the 54-yarder? Hell no. They wouldn't even have attempted it. Probably would have been better off if they did it. And so, yeah, I don't know, man. That That's – should have been made. Should have been made. You move forward. We'll see. But the pressure just jumped up for Jake Moody. Moving forward, next time the game's close, yeah. everybody's just going to be like, all right, all right, all right, including him. We'll see what happens. Um, we'll see what happens there. Now, let's go to the positive – Let's look at the top five players offensively. Uh, But before we do that, yeah, let's talk about a couple things going on this week. Um, You're coming out to Minnesota. Monday night football game, prime time. The 49ers get all eyes on them, and it couldn't happen at a better time. Way to rebound from a loss in a dome. Can't rain. Come party with us. Sunday, 2 to 5 p.m., we're going to be downtown Minneapolis at the Union Rooftop. Which is awesome, man. That venue is pretty freaking sweet. Um, it's one block from Tom's where the 49ers are having uh, their official 49ers party invasion. They end at two. You just walk down the block, you come hang out with us, giving away so much stuff. We've got our tailgate set up in the purple lot, which is going to be a blast unlimited drinks, food, liquor. Giveaways, trivia, DJ, all that stuff. We're going to be over in the purple lot. Come say what's up. Uh, Get your tickets at the49ersrushroadtrip.com. Tickets are the lowest they're going to be right now. So if you're planning on coming out, just telling you, go check it out. If you can't make it to this game, that's okay. We got a lot more parties. There's five parties down. We still got seven to go. We got Bengals, Jags. Jags is going to be awesome. Frank Gore coming out. Bucks home game. Thursday night football on Thanksgiving. We're doing a Turkey. Awesome time. We're going to have a great time um, out in Seattle. Then back home for Seattle, the Arizona game and the Rams game. So lots more opportunities. Five down, seven trips to go, which I'm pretty pumped about that. Uh, 49ers rush road trip. Go check it out. Go check it out. All right. Um, (laughs) LG, I like that comment. Appreciate that, man. Let's talk best offensive grades. This is from PFF, of course. Number one player. Nobody would have guessed this. Only got five snaps, though. Charlie Warner played very well. 73.3. And this is a testament to how bad, how consistently bad the 49ers were, mostly in the second half at offense. 73.3 was the highest graded player. That's not good. Juwan Jennings, 71. He played 33 of 62 snaps. So your top two rated players are rotational guys. Not your consistent starters. Brandon Ayuk was third, which is crazy to me. Maybe I'm being crazy on Brandon Ayuk, but the reason why he was high is he had the highest run block grade. Brandon Ayuk was out there fighting run blocking. Three drops was huge. Only two drops registered because one of them was an offsides call by, I think it was Miles Garrett and then he dropped it, so he only got credited with two drops. Was really three, because that would have been a 15-yard gain plus instead of a five-yard gain, but I digress. I If I'm voting on this poll, Ayuk only has 9%. I'm putting Ayuk 1. I know I got problems. You, you guys know I have problems. I'm putting Ayuk 1. Uh, I'm most frustrated with him, and yeah, it's what it is. Uh, but he was third highest rated. Uh, Jordan Mason, really wish the 49ers would have trusted him more. He only got 15 snaps. Gosh, he was so good. Gosh, he was so good. Christian McCaffrey was fifth. Juszczyk, sixth. Kittle, seventh. McKivitts, highest-rated offensive lineman. McKivitts played rather well whenever you look at pass blocking and all those things. Lowest-rated players. Brock Purdy dead last. Not shocked there. Um, Brock Purdy was bad this game. Aaron Banks. Now, hold on. Brock Purdy was bad this game. I just finished the full first half breakdown. Brock Purdy was awesome for a quarter and a half. He was awesome. He missed that one throw to CMC. That was the only play that I was like, oh, that's a negative play. That was it. One play. The first quarter and a half, Brock Purdy was Brock Purdy. No issues. Pressure in his face. Dumping it down. Throwing it to money spots. Awesome. He was great. Rain started. Brock went bad. Brock went bad, and, you know, you hit that pass to Ayuk that he dropped off his hands early on. Golly, that's a different game. You're up 14-0. You hit that CMC pass, that's on Brock's fault. You're up 14-0. But then after that, Brock got bad. He got really bad for a quarter and a and a half plus, maybe two full quarters. Yeah, I'd say two full quarters until that last drive whenever he gave a chance. And that's the thing. I keep going back to this. Brock Purdy was bad, really bad. But in the highest pressure situation he's ever been in his career, he did everything that was necessary to give his team a chance to win on the road in the rain after being dirty. He gave him a chance. Thank you, Sin. Brock at least got us into field goal position. Yes, he did. And so did Ayuk, who I'm still pissed off at about. But I, I just I hold Iuk to a higher standard. Does that make sense? Like Iuk's a seasoned vet going for a second contract. Purdy's played 15 games. I don't know how many games it actually is, but it's like 15 or 16. Like, Iyuk has been through the doghouse. He's been through the bumps and bruises. He's been through. Ayuk is up here for me. Like, he's literally one of my favorite players in the NFL. I love that man. Brock, I love Brock. This is the first time we saw him. He's kind of in the same situation as Moody in this game. But he delivered at the end. He delivered at the end. Consistently bad, though. (laughs) That second, you know, the end of the second, third quarter, start of the fourth quarter, about as bad quarterback play as you could have. Only turn the ball over once, which is, I guess, the saving grace. Um, Big Papa John, what would you do if you had a quarterback who had trouble holding the ball in the rain? Is there drills or something you could do? Yeah, the the Niners do this. Every team does this. You get a big old 55-gallon trash bucket, you know, trash can bucket out there. You fill it with water. And you dip the freaking ball in there like three or four times. Then you snap it and make them go through seven on seven like that. Also, smaller hand quarterbacks, it's the Teddy B method. You wear a damn glove in the rain. You got to practice that. You don't do that for the first time. But, you know, my thing about Brock Purdy is he's played at Iowa State. It rains all the time there. All the time there. So he's played in rain. I don't know what the deal was. He had about five plays in a row where it was just like, yikes, man. Bad couldn't hold on to the ball. So at one next week, guess what? You're in a dome, no rain, you're safe. Then you're back home for you know a home game against the Bengals. Not too concerned about rain there. Then you've got a bye week. So if I'm Shanahan and this offensive staff, I'm going to hold off to work on that stuff probably um, until afterwards because you've got you're traveling back to back weeks on the road. That sucks. It's a Monday night football game. Then you have a short week to go home against Cincinnati, and they're coming off a bye. Schedule makers don't ever do 49ers favors. Part of that's just being on the coast. But Browns had an extra seven days before they played us. The Cincinnati Bengals are going to have an extra eight days because we play on Monday night. Bullshit, man. So this is something I would work the bye week. I would literally just spend a whole day because you're going to play in the rain again. You know, we look at, let me pull up the schedule. You know, obviously Santa Clara is going to get some rain a little bit at some point, but you're playing at Jacksonville right after the bye. Rain's there all the damn time. At Seattle, rain's there all the damn time. Philly, rain's there all the damn time. Arizona, that's a dome. At Washington, rain's there all the damn time. You got all these East Coast games. You're going to play another game in the rain playoffs you get home field advantage you kind of control that a little bit but yeah look at dude teddy two gloves that's what i'm talking about yeah sometimes you do that um (laughs) that's so funny to me teddy two gloves that's so good um yeah it's it's weird seeing quarterbacks throw with gloves but it's what it is what's up rick the man he said listen we all wanted to know if brock purdy had it when the going got tough he did he matched them down to win he marched them down to win the game and unfortunately moody missed chalk this up to Jim Swartz is Shanahan boogeyman. Yeah, and maybe Shanahan could have stayed in the bag without the injuries, but he didn't. Jordan Mason. Here's the thing that I really need Kyle Shanahan to freaking realize. You can trust Jordan Mason. You don't have to change things. Is Jordan Mason CMC? No. Is he Debo? No. He's a damn star in the making. Use. Jordan freaking Mason. He had five over five yards per carry. Why? Why go away from him? He's the closer. That's what everybody in the team calls him. Let him close. Right? Where's my Alec Baldwin speech? You know what second place gets? Freaking steak knives. You know what third place gets? You're fired. (laughs) ABC always be closing. Let Jordan Mason do his damn job. Why, why are you terrified of using this man who has never showed bad tape in his short career? Trust this man, (laughs) Jordan Mason. I need like one of those buttons. You know, where's Wayne at when you need him? We'll record tomorrow where I just hit the, the button and it just says, trust Jordan Mason. And I hit that damn button nonstop. Trust Jordan Mason. He's that damn good. That's right. Coffee's for closers. That's right, baby. Um, heck, (laughs) I love that. Um, shout out to Brian. I want to say, man, hopefully the, uh, the interview went well, my friend, Ed, heck, John, let him start right after McCaffrey. Yes. Elijah Mitchell ain't, ain't back ready. Elijah Mitchell's great coming off the injury. Wasn't ready. That's difficult to ask, not practicing for three weeks, one practice on a Friday only, and then being put out there that wasn't fair to him. That was not fair to him. I didn't like that at all. TDP should have been out there. He would have been much better. Uh, what, did, what did he have? He had two carries for negative three yards. Uh, not good. I, I mean, he had seven snaps, was bad across the board. Uh, Jordan Mason only got 15 snaps. That's stupid when CMC didn't play the whole first half or second half. That's dumb. That's dumb. It's a one possession game, Kyle. Trust Jordan Mason. That, that should be the title of the show. Ugh. You know, you'd be all fired up out here, man. Jordan Mace is a beast. Jordan Mace is a freaking beast. You know what else is awesome? This right here behind me. Y'all see this? It is now up. It is live as we speak. The link is in the description of this video. I am pointing to my 19. I think this is 92 whenever I got it. um, Starter pullover jacket homage has it live now now please click the link on my video or podcast if you want to go check that out because that supports the show that comes back to us uh helps us with sponsors in the future things like that so if you want to go get it just became live this morning all sizes are available yes they will be available in the team stores and things like that after the fact because they have a partnership with homage they mark it up about 75 dollars. and so the last time i told you about the jacket the gold ones the satin ones that sold out if you didn't get those, I went to the team store last week shooting uh, the video with Wayne Breezy. They marked that shiz up big time. So if you want it at the lowest possible price, that's right now. So if you want a Christmas present, you want something along those lines, head over there. Right now, the link is in the description of this podcast video. I wear this thing to game. I get the most comments in the world. Um, it, It's what it is right there, Sid. We need a trust Jordan Mason thumbnail. Yes, we do. Um, I wish I would have made that. I didn't know I was going to go on a rant. That's usually the problem. I I don't know when I'm going to get triggered and go crazy, but that's okay. Um, So go get your jacket, 49 ers starter jacket. It's incredible. Um, I freaking love that thing. I wear it even when it's hot just because I feel cool. And, you know, the nostalgia in John Chapman uh, kind of leaks out. Now, if you want to bet with us, which, man, we were on course to having the highest payday we ever had till the CFC injury happened, uh, but we still didn't have a bad week. If you want to bet with us this year, there's only one place to do it. When your money's on the line, choose a trusted sportsbook that gives you tools to win, like my bookie. And my bookie doesn't matter if your team's up or down, you can easily cash out or bet the game live to come out on the winning side. Use my bookie for daily odds boost, same game parlays, I like teasers, and take advantage of the huge prize pool contest. Plus, my bookie currently has a no strings attached cash bonus that lets you deposit, withdraw, quick carries a one time rollover can't find that anywhere else just use promo code 49ers 49ers or scan the QR code on this video right next to my face here to claim your own cash deposit bonus now that's promo code 49ers so try my money uh, money bag uh, you basically roll the dice and it picks a team and gives you extraordinary extraordinary odds on who's going to win the super bowl. Um, lots of fun options there. So bet anything, anytime, anywhere. And I do mean anywhere, wherever you are, you can bet with my bookie. Just make sure you use the promo code four nine ERS and let's go. Let's make some money together. All right. Now let's get to a couple of questions and comments. Um, that that are out there because I, I want to allow always allow you guys to have a say so in where this show goes. That's so important to me. Um, so Clayton, let's pull up a couple questions comments. Let's get to these. Johan, what's up, man? That is the uh, second. He's got the avi of uh, Kent from um, what's it called? Ted Lasso. The second Ted Lasso reference. Um, I love it. Oh, I'll put that back up. I, I'm sorry if I clicked it down. I, I wanted to read. That when the Irish faithful are in the house, man, it was cool. I had the opportunity to do a live stream for FanFest and um Sky Sports before the game. The UK had a watch party. They did it the, in London, which they sold out. I think it was a 300-person capacity. Sourdough Sam, Nick Clark, Joe Staley were all there. That was really, really cool. They kind of made appearances in there, and we were able to kind of support the, the faithful from afar. I know that's not Ireland, but I just love so much of this fan base. We don't know how lucky it is to watch sports on the West Coast. I've lived, you know, in Atlanta, and I've lived in Texas, and I've lived a couple other places. Do you know how awesome it is to watch sports at 10 a.m. in the morning? It's incredible. I I talked to a buddy in our Zoom hangout last night from Australia, and that game, I think, started at, like, 1 a.m., right? Like, that's a whole nother Thing. So, Johan, I just want to say thank you. Appreciate all that you do, your commitment to the team and this fan base and community. Freaking salute you guys. You are incredible. Uh, OB Tyrone. Love that one. Shanahan should have had an alternate game plan considering our injury history and why keep running the ball up the middle. Running the ball up the middle with Jordan Mason was working. His, his, his shortest gain was three yards. That's it. Running the ball up the middle with Elijah Mitchell never worked. Running the ball up with CMC right before he got hurt stopped working as well. So yes, I'm with you. Probably shouldn't have been running the ball up the middle as consistently as you were trying to, but outside the tackles was working, and Jordan Mason running anywhere was working. So if you do it with the right personnel, that's okay. You were doing it with the wrong person. Elijah Mitchell was not ready to come back. That's on the coaching staff. TDP has looked good. Um, I, I I'm with you. I, I think. I don't know where this idea that the running game wasn't working came from. I think maybe in the middle of the third quarter, perhaps. But when you have a lead in the fourth quarter, and you've got Jordan Freakin Mason, you run the damn ball. You run it. You don't do three straight pass attempts. That's stupid. (sighs) All right. We got that one out of my system. Nick Castaneda. Uh, appreciate the super chat. He says, I'm more disappointed in Shanahan's play calling with all the experience he has in these types of games than Brock. Yeah. Your quarterback's struggling. He's not gripping the ball well. What do you do? Three run plays in the fourth quarter, 13 pass plays. Make it make sense. It does not. When we kind of hashed that one earlier. Doesn't work. And Now, <laughs> it doesn't work. It kind of did. <laughs> <laughs> you, you made a closer game than you needed to. And you made a game that relied on a rookie kicker when you didn't need to, you made a game where the refs had an impact of the game and they didn't need to, but that's the thing. You keep stacking all of these contingencies and, and all these things that usually are not a factor. And you let a team hanging around, hanging around alligator blood, right? Like what's up rounders. Somebody got that one. Hopefully. Um, Guess what? Sometimes it's going to get you, and it got you. You got got. That's right. I went straight from a rounder's reference to a wire reference. Man, movie quotes on point today. I'm just going to pat myself on the back. I did all right on that one. Um, And so, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see what that is. Adam, the lack of Kittle use was incredibly frustrating to see, especially after CMC and Debo went out. What's the narrative we always say? Oh, there's so many superstars. How you guard them all? You lose two, and you ignore the third. Left one superstar, Brandon Ayuk, three drops. I don't know why Kittle wasn't used. I know that he was blocking a lot, so George Kittle played 61 plays. You know what's crazy? George Kittle only pass-blocked one play. One play. One play he pass-blocked. 35 pass plays. He was on routes. You threw it to him twice. Now in the goal line, and I just finished the first half whenever we got stalled and made the field goal kick when we were real close to scoring a touchdown, George Kittle was the only double team player on the field. Um, He was running like a post over route and they were double teaming him. We checked down to CMC. Ray Ray ran a bad route and allowed his defender to affect CMC. It was a bad throw from Purdy. Yeah, Kittle should have been used. Now, he only had one catch for one yard, but one of his plays got wiped off by a penalty. It was a quick five-yard out where he got the first down, and it was wiped off by a penalty. Um, and it was a questionable call big time. But still, why not go after 8-5? He just scored three touchdowns. I don't understand. Debo's out, CMC's out. You got Iuke and Kittle still. That's enough to beat this team. And you didn't even give them a chance. You didn't even give them a chance. Ah, uh, yeah, it, it it was bad. It was bad. Michael Pickle, what's up, brother? Uh, love this dude. Uh, trying to catch more live shows. Thanks, John, for the therapy. And let, let's uh, this whole show is about putting things into perspective. And we're kind of burying this game, hopefully, today. Now, I'm going to keep going through the film and all that stuff, see what we can learn. But as a coach, as a player, you got 24 hours to celebrate the win, you got 24 hours to celebrate. The loss, or to learn from the loss. Like, I've never been one of those, oh, we're just going to burn this tape. There's nothing we can learn from this. That's idiotic. That's ego. That's, you know, you're trying to protect your players. I don't buy that. There's so much to learn right here. This is an encyclopedia Britannica on the things that you can figure out so that you can fix them, right? And that's what it is moving forward. We just went through all this negative, and there's a lot. But that doesn't mean this is a bad team. It doesn't mean you should fire Shanahan. It doesn't mean you shouldn't trust Brock Purdy. It doesn't mean our defense is bad. It doesn't mean any of those things. It means they missed an opportunity. And here, we'll go to Brock Purdy himself. Let's see at number 13. Obviously, we
2: know what our expectations are and what our standards are here. And so um, to come out and and lose any game, it's always going to hurt and sting Um, You know, for us. You know, yeah, we were on that on that streak and all that kind of stuff, but we don't try to focus on the outcome. It's more about being our best every play, every drive, every series, and then it just falls into place how it needs to. So, um, for us, we feel like we failed, you know, our own expectations today in terms of playing our best, and um, that's something that we're gonna have to watch the film and and be better at. Um, But at the same time, we got some games to play, a season to look forward to um, ahead of us, and we're gonna learn from it. It's gonna sting right now for the next couple days, but we got a good group, so we'll bounce back.
1: And there's nothing lost. Whatever goals you had going into this game, none of those are lost. Number one goal, win your division. You're in first place by a game and a half. Seattle lost as well. Rams beat the Cardinals. What what else is new there? But you're you're fine. You didn't lose any traction in the NFC West, all right? You look at the NFC playoff picture. Guess what? You have the best record in the NFC. Now you're tied with Detroit, who already has one conference loss. They lost to Seattle. And then you're tied with the, the what's it called? Uh, the Eagles. Guess what? You play them week 13. So you're in 100% complete control of your own destiny. Now, are the 49ers going to go 16-1? and one? No, they're not. They're not. I'm sorry. I hate to tell you guys this. This isn't going to be the only loss this year. But if the team gets better from this experience, which I think is right there, that's what it is we are looking for. This is still the best team in football. I hate to tell you, like, I don't know how people exist that are so reactionary that you want to email somebody that f- Kyle Shanahan should be fired after this. And I thought it was a satirical email, and but I got, like, seven. Like, really? Like, what the hell? <laughs> I, I I don't know, man. Stuff is funny to me. This is the best team in football. Nothing's going to change. And, like, we're we're good. We're good. So... Last thing, let's listen from the last uh, press clip I want to play, and then we're gonna wrap this show up. Nick Bosa, put this put this into perspective.
3: The NFL season is really long. You're gonna you're gonna have to deal with injuries. It happens to every team at certain points. Um, I think we're we got out of it pretty good, but we lost some guys, and we need to be more uh, more ready to adjust when we do lose guys. Um, but yeah, as a defense, I need to watch the tape, but, uh, I'm sure every single person, uh, has multiple plays that they would want, want back. I love this team. I really, really do. And sometimes it's
1: hard and I get it when the team loses, we get frustrated and I'm not saying don't get frustrated. I'm frustrated. Look at me. My face is red. Only difference is my face is always red. That's just what it is. I'm like the Hulk, right? You just stay angry. But I love you guys. We're going to be bringing content nonstop to you this week, okay? And we're going to learn from this, figure out what our things are, just like the 49ers are. And so I want to say thank you to Clayton, all our executive producers. Y'all are the best there is. And until next time, we are right. First place ain't bad place to be. Till next time, stay strong, faithful.
4: Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app.